This is the audio version of the Hannah James Words uh, newsletter from Friday the 14th of February 2020, Pod Stardom and Nature in Los Angeles. Hello friends, it's me, Features Director, Journalist and now Podcast Star! Not really. And I've just spoiled the news bit, so news. That podcast I talked about guesting on back in November has now gone live. I'm very used to listening to my own voice when I transcribe my interviews, of which I've done no fewer than six this week, but I still haven't quite ventured to listen back to this podcast yet. Check it out on your podcast app of choice. The um, podcast is called Flying Solo and the episode with me on it is called How to Get a Really Cool Freelance Writing Assignment. Um, So check it out and let me know how it went. Also, I really did do six interviews this week. My AI transcribing software is exhausted and so am I. But it will all be worth it when the magazine on sale date rolls around in March. And I'm so excited about the new issue of Elle Australia. But it isn't on sale until Monday. That's the March issue. So I can't tell you about it yet, but it is truly, truly epic and features so many amazing women. And I will post it on Instagram at Hannah James Words on Sunday night if you want to check it out. And also news this week, Elle's sales are up 57.5%, which was a lovely boost for a Monday. So if you buy the magazine, thank you. What I'm reading. I do love some urban nature, and so does William L. Fox. I was about to say confidently that I read about him in Robert McFarlane's Underland, but I just checked the index and he's not in it, so I don't know where I found him. Anyway, I ordered his book, Making Time, Essays on the Nature of Los Angeles, and he is, as I'd hoped, fascinating on urban nature. I love the idea of a book about nature and time in Los Angeles. It must be one of the most ahistorical, future-focused, built-up, artificial places in the world. At least it seemed that way when I was there. And yet there's millions of years of history oozing up under its inhabitants' feet and quite literally oozing up in the case of the La Brea Tar Pits. I had no idea that, thanks to the tar pits and associated oil, there were oil wells literally on the streets of L.A., disguised as office buildings or screened by landscaping. Schools and apartment buildings and even the fancy shopping centre, The Grove, are all built on top of old oil fields whose wells have been capped. Securely, everyone hopes. Of course, if you look at Hollywood's rich history of disaster movies, screenwriters are well aware of the dangers nature poses to this city. They've flooded and burned and shattered LA with earthquakes a million times over for our entertainment. The 1997 movie Volcano was partly filmed along Fox's street, which prompts him to make some observations on the connections writers have always made between nature and culture. The book is not only, by the way, a lovely meditation on time and nature in LA, but it's also packed with facts. The longest street in LA, Sepulveda Boulevard, is 76 miles long. The Chinese were drilling wells for natural gas by 211 BC. Crazy. In a classic essay format, Fox takes a simple subject, such as the antennae that cluster on every mountaintop in the county, and uses it as a launch pad for a discussion of related topics. In this case, he moves into a brief history of astronomy from his antennae, 
which then forms part of an exploration of the collision of nature and culture that is the electromagnetic spectrum, which he notes is just air that's carved up and sold for everything from radio to weather radar, remote controlled military weapons and microwaves. He also visits his great-grandmother's grave in the fabled Forest Lawn Cemetery, eternal home to many a departed luminary. His great-grandmother lies next to 1930s movie star Jean Harlow, who somehow managed to clock up three marriages in her 26 years of life. Amazing. Fox contemplates the comparisons between graveyards and landfill, both cultivated landscapes and ponders why we don't feed back energy from cremations to the national grid which somehow sparks a reflection on the accuracy of atomic clocks and the creation of Greenwich Mean Time and then he narrows down all this amplitude into a focus on how and why we narrativize our lives and then suggests that quotes to keep ourselves anchored to the natural world, we're going to have to walk around in human-designed places that ignore nature. The environment we're creating, he says, is a, quote, network of pipes and wires, tunnels and towers. This is a part of the world we also have to understand in order to retain a sense of time and our collective memory. So if that interests you, definitely pick this book up. And I haven't even mentioned the final two episodes and the essays, sorry, in the book, which cover horses and Mars rovers and movie effects and how we create memories in place and time. So his interests are eclectic, his arguments winding but focused, and his writing clear and engaging as befits a poet and prolific author. He is squarely my kind of writer, someone who explores place and art and nature in a huge variety of ways. And this book, although the first, won't be the last of his that I read. See you next week.